0: Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith. And I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Okay, a little recap on where we've been. Um, We talked the previous uh, part, part three of this message. We talked about God dreams rest on the sovereignty of God. Meaning when God has a dream for you, there's a certain element of that dream that nobody can stop. As long as you keep showing up, as long as you keep saying yes to God, there, there's nothing that anybody can do. No force, no power, no spiritual force, no spiritual power can do to stop you. No physical power, no physical force, no person, uh, no gang of people, no legion of demons, n- nothing. Nothing can stop the plan God has for you if you just keep showing up. Two, uh, God dreams redeem our past suffering. They redeem our powerless and vulnerable moments. Actually, God often uses the areas that you feel most disqualified in and and allows you to be qualified in those areas. So some some of you right now, you know you've got gifts, talents, and, and abilities in certain areas, but there's something happened in your life Way back when, or maybe you've been living in a certain kind of lifestyle for so long, and you think it disqualifies you. Uh, And I'm trying to tell you that actually if you surrender your life or that area, as soon as you surrender that area and you hit the full stop, um, God creates a comma. And and, uh, it's just a part of your story. And there's a new line and there's a new chapter and there's a new season. Uh, and God's actually going to use those areas of shame, those areas where you fell short. And you did. And we do. And I do. But as you acknowledge that uh, and you turn 180 and you say, right, I'm going to do things differently now. I'm going to try and do these things God's way. Then God actually uses those powerful, or sorry, those powerless and vulnerable moments to to provide for someone else, like Joseph did for his family. As he felt powerless and vulnerable in the pit in the prison while he was falsely accused yeah well well, what happened was then he then provided for his family who were in in a time of poverty in a time of famine and his family came to see him and they were now powerless and vulnerable like Joseph had been and so listen what you've been through what you're going through where you feel disqualified God is going to use that if you let him are you with me? are you with me? come on here, help me out. Number three, they released your full potential abilities and gifts. I honestly believe you cannot use your full potential. You you can't fulfill the full gifting that's in your life by just living for yourself, living your own selfish dreams. I don't think it's possible. Because if you think about a life in which we know it and the things that we hear and see on the media and and uh, the outside, a lot of the things that are being spoke of in re- regards to ability and potential are, are just kind of surface things they 're entertainment things they're, they're things which look a certain way on the surface, but there 's so much more to us as humans we 're so much deeper than that there 's so much love is so much greater than that that idea of lust and so we 've got to all ask ourselves the question the question about legacy were Am I going, what am I going to leave for the next generation? What am I going to leave for my, my kids or, or my, my, my nephews and my nieces? What am I going to leave? What are people going to say about me in work? What are people going to say about me once I've gone? What are people going to say about me on my deathbed? What, 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 what is my overall story? We've got to think about that because I think sometimes we wander around in this cloud and just I don't know what's happening. I don't know where I am. I don't know what's going on in my life. I have no real plan. Just floating. Just living for the weekend. Just living to just talk about stuff with no real idea or purpose or direction. It's so easy to fall into that, really. It's so easy. I spent two weeks in Tunisia and I really don't know what I'd done for two weeks apart from eight and lie down on a chair and, and, and try to get some sun and manage the burn there was really nothing else more to it than that but also honestly like life can be a little bit like that we just kind of go through every day it's like Groundhog Day get up, get breakfast, go to the pool get dinner, go to the pool get lunch go to the pool dinner and lunch, that's the same thing we can't go to the pool anymore because it's dark what are we going to do let's just go to bed and go to sleep and then let's wake up go to breakfast go to the pool what more to life is there than oh go get food again go back to the pool get that mocktail play a water polo go to the pool get my dinner Go to the pool realise it's dark go back to the room go to sleep wake up go to breakfast guess where I go to the pool on the lilo fights on the lilo push each other off the lilo back to the pool back to the deck you get the point point. and life can so easily we can just go through these motions go to work come home I'm not going to go through it all (laughs) and so here here we have it Hebrews 11 verses 22 Uh, and we're talking about Joseph right and this is in the New Testament and and it's, 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 it's going back to the story of Joseph in the Old Testament and it's saying by faith by faith Joseph when his end was near spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning what's this the burial of his bones. What? Like, you're t- why, why are you so worried? Like, Honestly, this is in the Bible. Like if all the things you could have spoke about and, and at the end of your life, you're just worried about the burial of your bones and why would the author of that book, the Hebrews, which could have been Paul, even think it was valid enough to talk about bones? Like it says, surely there's something more important than bones But by faith Joseph was worried about his bones There was something, to, something with his bones that was significant It goes on to say in, in Genesis 50 Joseph stayed in Egypt along with his Now watch this As we, we think about the whole story of Joseph Joseph stayed in Egypt along with all his father's family He lived 110 years That's pretty good and so, so the third generation of Ephraim's children and the children of Michar, son of Manasseh, were placed at birth on Joseph's knees. So, so these kids were placed on Joseph's knees. So it's given me the, the idea that Joseph was in an intimate relationship with his family, but, but fast forward back, fast forward back, fast. How do you say that? Go back fast. rewind (laughs) rewind fastly really quick I don't know we're back okay and Joseph's here with his family and they've thrown thrown him in a pit he's in a prison all these kind of things happen and he's went through that whole trauma that whole chaos that whole brokenness and here he is at the end of his life 110 years old with his who? with his family some of you in here you felt like you've been thrown in a pit at times, maybe right now, maybe in the past, or something someone said, something someone's hurt you, someone's not picked you for whatever, hasn't bought you the right present, or you felt neglected in some shape or form. But I'm telling you, God is all about family. And th- there's no. There's no coincidence here, I believe, in Joseph's story that at the very end of his life he's sitting with his brothers and his family and, and there's a trust relationship that's been built not just over the first 10, 20, 30 years of his life, over 110 years. See, life is not, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It, you, you don't win trust. You don't build trust over, over just moments or just the odd moment here and there. It's over... The months, it's over the consistency, it's over the commitment, it's over travelling through the bumps in the road. Actually, I don't know about you, but some of the the friends that I consider to be most dear to my heart and family are, you know, really why? It's because we've travelled through some bumps and they're still there and they're still willing to fight through unforgiveness and choose forgiveness and they're still willing to fight through uh, feelings. Do you hear what I said? There are feelings of bitterness, and they're still choosing to neglect the feelings and choose to commit to friendship, to relationship, to loyalty. And I tell you what: at the end of your life, those are the people that you can trust to pass it on to the next generation, to pass on whatever you want to happen at your at your funeral, to pass it on, a message to loved ones. Those are the people who you've journeyed through life. It's not the ones that you went through life and nothing's ever went wrong. Listen, they were never your friends anyhow because you only went surface deep with them. As soon as you go beyond the surface with people, they're gonna see who you truly are. (laughs) And if you're like me, you know there's stuff not to like. You know there's some stuff that you wouldn't want anyone to see, but, but if you want to have true love and true family, they, they need to see it. And that you need to journey through it with them. And, and that's why unconditional love is so powerful because when people choose to love you despite your stuff, that's powerful. That's powerful. And that's family. And that's what God intended. Are you with me? Dear me. Three people again. So, Joseph said to his brothers, "I'm about to die. God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land He promised." So, we're talking about promises. We're talking about dreams. On oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We've heard some of that in the Old Testament. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in in Genesis 15. What happened to, to Genesis? Or sorry, what happened to Abraham? Was he got a dream? He got a vision from the Lord that he would be a descendant, a father of many nations, right? And, and they would outnumber the stars in the sky and, and, the, and the sand on the seashore. But, but what happened was the dream and the vision that God gave him wasn't limited to his life wasn't limited to his natural capacity, his natural ability to what he could see because one day his natural sight would end. And so it was passed on from Abraham to Isaac and from Isaac to Jacob and here we are in the fourth generation to Joseph. From Jacob to Joseph. We're in fourth generation. See, God's dream for your life, dream for our life is never limited by your lifespan. It's always been intended to be generational. You think about the amount of people that follow on in the footsteps of their father or their mother or their family lineage or, or even the business. How many businesses have dropped down through the family, you know, whatever it would be, such and such, and sons. There's a pattern, there's a generational pattern. God has always intended there to be generational patterns. But he'd, he's always intended it to be healthy patterns. How many people, you know, one t- one, their great grandfather was, a, or great grandmother was a teacher, and then the next generation were teachers, or, or maybe, maybe it was in healthcare. They're always in healthcare, whether they're doctors, nurses, whatever it is, or, or maybe, um, maybe it was someone who's in, in, in counseling or, or pastoral care of some sort, and it's just passed down, or especially business is a very common one that we see generation God has always been about dreams that go beyond you see right now we 're standing in a church that's, we've just you know we 're just not even a year old we 're a baby we 're kicking off, and things are great and we 're celebrating all that God has done but listen i 'm not stupid enough to think that 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 we have done all the work, and we 've invested all of the the ideas about God and jesus and, and, and in your life, if you're, you know, people are here this morning or you're here tonight, uh, we know that it's <laughs> very little to do with us, because we're just starting. But there's some people in your life who've invested, some forefathers, s- 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 some people who have went before us, who've invested into you most likely. God has been speaking through multiple people in multiple situations, maybe grandparents, grandmothers, great-grandfathers, churches that have been around for hundreds of years, breaking up the ground spiritually in your heart, softening your heart. And that's why the first thing we've done as a church is we honored some of those churches with our tithe. As a church, we tithe. We, We believe in tithing, but we exemplify it. And so we tithe to a bunch of local churches. Why? Because we knew that God's been doing something generationally in in this area and it's not just us we're just a part of the story in the same way you didn't just come about first generation whether you like it or not or you acknowledge it or not you've got grandfathers grandmothers mothers, fathers generations that fought for your freedom fought for you to to live in a land right now with peace and provision and healthcare and all those kind of things. Yeah, it wasn't just a few generations ago, it was just about survival. Getting through world wars and <laughs> generational. God is all about the big picture. And I just love that idea because that's essentially why we invest in youth. That's essentially why we're putting as much energy and time and resource into Kids ministry and youth ministry and environments—all those kind of things—as we are just the adult section. We just bought a 600-pound fence with colours on it for the kids, for the crash. Why? Because generations matter to God. They're the future. We are a product of the past generation. There's certain things that we believe that are good today, and we don't even really, don't even know why. It was given to us free there's also some things that we believe today that that aren't good and it was passed down to some of you there's generational things being passed down to like even it could be an addiction a type of personality a lot of these things are passed down they're easily caught and that's why it's so important that we go back to the word of God to say right is this of God or is this a bad habit is this an unhealthy addiction am I being we can't always look to our parents for the perfect example. Jesus set the perfect example, and the beautiful thing is we can break those things in Jesus' name, and that's why prayer and fasting is so important as we realign ourselves with truth. So I love this here, um, you know, generational dreams. What about in the Bible? We've seen the one with Joseph and the Promised Land. Well, is there anything else? Yeah, absolutely. So, so here we have Joseph, who actually is in the line of David, who also is in the line of Jesus in the New Testament. So actually, if we go back far enough from the generations of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, then we've got David. Yeah? Then in the same place, Bethlehem, where David was, Jesus came in the same generational line. God's always, listen, what's going on in your generational line, in your family? See, often prophets or, or, or men or, or people that God, or women that, that God rose, rose up in a generation was often to bring people back into line or, or to bring, and as God brought people back into line to move them were forward, a Joseph generation would rise up A Jesus generation would rise up. Why? Because God was looking to bring his people and it was time to move them forward. It was time to progress. In your family, in your life, maybe God's waiting on somebody just like you to produce a new first generation of the new progression, to fight some battles, to fight some wars, to set it up for the the generations to come. Maybe you say I'm a first generation believer in my family as far as I can tell. That's amazing. future generations will be thankful for you as you're faithful. You're setting them up. And and the beautiful thing about the setup is it's not just you, it multiplies organically, naturally as you're faithful. We see when the Holy Spirit came in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit comes, young men will see visions and old men will see dreams. Well, what does that mean? Well, when you're young, you've got energy, you've got excitement. You see visions, this is the same for, for women too. You see visions, you've got a vision for your life. You see, hey, what's, what can I do with my life? You're, you're dreaming. A, a vision is essentially like a dream. What's the context here? It's that when you're young, you've got energy to do something and go somewhere and put your hand to the plow. But as you're older, you've been, you've been through some ups and downs. You've got some experiences. And all of a sudden, it brings a wisdom that you wouldn't have when you're younger. Your role is, is, begins to shift. Why? Because you're looking at the bigger picture. You're realizing my days are numbered. I'm dreaming more about a generational deal now than I, than I am When I was younger I was just thinking What can I do f- with my life What can I build with my life It's now different, I'm, I'm older, I've got more wisdom I want to help other people Raise them up I want to help my family And help them to pass it on To the next generation So number one Your dream will have a generational legacy Whether you like it or not The question is Will it be a good one Or a bad one Will it be one that brings the good news of Jesus Christ coming to bring life? Or will it be the good news, or at least perceived as Jesus came to condemn? (laughs) Or will it be Jesus is a nobody? That's the questions you've got to ask. With my lifestyle, what am I presenting? Listen, (laughs) when you're young and you think you know it all, listen, you remember some of the things that your parents said when they're at their older stages. It matters what you say, whether you think people are listening or not. They're listening. It matters how you live your life and what you say to younger people. If you're in your 20s, the teenagers, they listen to you. They remember. I remember one of the youth pastors uh, that was over me when I was younger, and I always wondered why he didn't go into full-time ministry, because he had such an impact on me. But I guarantee he doesn't realize, I should probably tell him a a little bit more He doesn't realize how much I respected him and and how much he actually helped me. But, you know, being a guy, don't tell people those things. That's all emotional and stuff. But he did. And I'm I'm only messing there. I should tell him. And I probably have to now because I've just confessed it. (laughs) Your dream will always connect you to people with the same dream. Maybe you're in here and you have a dream to be a nurse. Well, guess where you probably might end up? You might end up Yes, I'm looking at you, Chelsea and Danica. I'm just looking for ideas here, right, nurse? Guess what? You might be on Instagram taking pictures of each other in class, saying how bored you are and how terrible the other person is at listening. I'm talking about a real-life story, by the way. Why? Because your dreams are the same. Your dreams will attract you to people with the same dreams. With like minded maybe you dream of being an economist. I don't know why you would ever dream about that. But some people on the front row to my left and your right dream of things like that. You'll end up in the same room of somebody who likes to talk about those things. Or maybe some of you feel called to ministry or to worship or, or to just making people feel at home in God's house. Listen, you will end up in the same places. And if you're not, you're not talking about it enough, you're not re- you need to release the dream. You need to release the dream for it to begin to, to give birth and birth fruit. And listen, you might be sitting there thinking, I'm not good enough, uh, I'm not sure I've got the gift. Or Start talking. You'll soon figure it out. If you don't, maybe one, maybe an idea that you have might, mightn't lead you to the very dream you thought you had, but it might lead you to a better one that, that, that fulfills you more and gives you more peace because it's, it fits. It says in, in John 16, verse 13, but when he, the, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. You see, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, the pure purity, the purity within us. When God is speaking, there's always purity. It's not trying to please people, it's purity. And so when the Holy Spirit, that Spirit comes, it will always lead you from somewhere to a destination. Alpha, the Bible talks about the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Joseph was, w- there, there was a beginning to the dream, but there was also an end. He's talking about the bones at the end of the dream, and he's preparing for, listen, God wants to speak some things to you, and you might have to prepare yourself. You might have to start speaking to like minded people. You might have to go and sign up to a course with two guys. Uh, at a pastoral care course in CFC this week because they've, they've obviously got some sort of vision or desire to help pastor people. I'm allowed to say who it is, Rachel. Rachel and Ponty. <laughs> uh, why? Because, that's amazing. We support that. We, 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 we praise them for that. Why? Because they're chasing after a pure, motive, motivated dream, a God-given dream. That's, I see as soon as, as soon as people start to do that, listen, the church becomes so healthy. People become so whole because we need all your gifts activated if we're gonna shine brightly in dark places. Like I even think about mental health right now and anxiety and all those kind of stuff. And I've experienced some of that in my life and I'm actually so excited to try and work into some of that stuff as a church. I'm excited because I feel like a lot of the problems with, what has happened in the church for a long time is we focus so much on creation. God created us, da-da-da. And then the end destination, heaven and hell, da-da-da. And that's all we've talked about, but there's a massive gap in the middle, which is living life right now. And Jesus didn't just come to give us life after we're dead. He came to give us life right now. That's why he healed people. That's why the captors were set free. And so I really feel like we've got to start focusing in on more of that stuff and and bring some tools to the table so that we can actually deal with that. And actually, it's a great opportunity for the church. It's a great opportunity. It's dark out there. It's, it's, It's painful out there, but you know what? If we've got some answers and we've got pure hearts and we're going to spend our time championing people and not our own dreams, not our own sick dreams where they're just all about us and us feeling better about ourselves and it ends up... Uh, making us more broken than we were, well, you know, we can actually do something so significant. And some of you are like, well, I'd love to live in Australia with the pools and the beaches. That wasn't an Australian accent, by the way. Well, you know what? Maybe we have, a, maybe we have an opportunity here because we don't. Maybe because you know what you'd be doing? We'd get up in the morning, <laughs> going to breakfast, going to the pool, going to the lunch, guess where we're going next? To the pool. So maybe because we don't have any pools, or we do, but not like that, maybe we can get busy bringing some light into dark places and do something that you couldn't do if you're sitting on a beach in Greece or Tunisia or wherever. Maybe we've got an opportunity because in your weakness, it's always your strength. And sometimes your biggest strength is your biggest weakness. So maybe we need to stop focusing on what everyone else is doing across the earth. Listen, every place that I've lived in Florida for two years, I promise you, people are no happier there than they are here. They've got the same problems. You know what it is? I'm wet. Why? Because I'm sweating. Well, people back home just said they're wet because it's raining. So everyone's just wet. It's just, we're just perspiring. We just all need antiperspirant in some shape or form and I've always felt that I've always thought that man if we could just get our focus right and stop looking at everyone else's situations yes they're all different but they're all the same (laughs) they all look different externally but they're all the same and we've got an opportunity to do something great you've got an opportunity to do something great with your life but it's your choice and so watch this Psalm 90 verses 12 says, teach us to number our days and we, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What does, it, what does that even mean for? It means when you realize that your days are numbered, you can start to make wise choices Stop living for for the external, kind of temporal things of this earth and let's start making some impact. Let's start making it about people. That's our dream, to see people set free, to see people come to know who they truly are, to see people come alive to all that God would have them experience, to the purpose that God has already instilled in them. Let's, Let's live for that. Foolish people... Never think about the end of their life because they just go to the the pool. I'm only really kidding. Number two, your dream goes beyond your lifetime. Your dream goes beyond your lifetime, and I haven't got through all the notes, but we'll, we'll fire through them real quick. We're, we're nearly done. I'll just I'll finish with this one of these stories. Um, for me personally, my story started when I was about 17. And Dylan, if you put my head on up. My story kind of started about 17. I, I just really was in church, and I just really felt that, man, there's got to be more than this. And, and I, we can reach, we, come on, we can do better. We can reach more people. And, and, and life has got to be full of joy. Like, I read it, I'm not seeing it. And I went on this journey, and, and then by the age of 21 after looking at all different places and expressions and what God was doing. I then went to do a a camp in America, uh, in Florida, 21. And as soon as I went there, I realized really quickly that that what I I was seeing was everything that I dreamed was possible for a a church environment and a church community. And I was blown away. I walked in, and and honestly, I didn't even hear the message. I just knew this is why I came here. As much as there's external uh, motivations and nice weather and nice to see a new part of the earth, as soon as I walked into that place, something just connected with the spirit on the inside of me. It was as if I'd been waiting for this moment. And so fast forward, went through all that, came back, was uh, I had to finish my degree at Jordanstown in sports and, and then a PGC to become a teacher. And I, I went over to England, uh, just outside of London in Bedford, and honestly, the whole year, I was just telling my, whole, I was telling my whole class about church, about this church I'd been to in Florida and, and how amazing it was. And I was trying to really connect to their heart to say that, like, it's not what you think. That's what I, the message I was trying to get across was it's not church. God is not what you think he is from maybe what you've experienced before. He's not mad at you. He's, he came to reach you. He came to ignite you. He came to bring you to life. And I was trying so hard and I remember bringing them to this church and it's about the same amount of people as there is in this room and i have been going to this for a while I wasn't really excited about it I didn't really love it I was just trying to reach these guys and that they would come to know Jesus and went into the, the church and out of nowhere this guy decided he would start to do a victory run around the audience and I'm like come on I've never seen you do this before I th- I trusted you and I'm just like, I don't really play rugby, but I thought I was about to start. As he ran past me, I thought I could take take him down. And I, I remember talking to the guys after, and I was so disappointed because they said, "Phil, it's not for me." And I just said, "You know what? It's not for me either. <laughs> I'll not be back." Why? Because it, it it sidetracked them from the real message. It it distracted them from the heart of God. It became about this guy, and not about. God. You, you understand? Uh, and so as I, I came back from that, I went into an interview then. The, the course had ended and PGC was over and everyone's getting their jobs. And I just kind of went with the flow and ended up in an interview. And I've been, been just so passionate about church, realizing there's a massive need for, for a church that just connects people to God, gets out of the way. It's about Him. It's about no individual. It's about God. It's, it's about Jesus. It's... we need people to see blind eyes be gone and eyelids open and and I was in the interview and I remember very clearly getting an overwhelming sensation that that God had called me to go to this church in Florida to go to Bible school and listen I was never that person I was never the the spiritual one in in my friendship circles I was just the sporty guy people never assumed that I would ever be that kind of person um But I felt God strongly pulled me and tugged me and I walked out of the interview. It was probably between me and the other guy to get the job and I just walked out. Literally mid-interview, like, I've got to go. And I called my mom on the way home to Bedford because it was in Stevenage, I think, about 30 minutes away. And and I said, Mom, I think I'm going to Florida to do this Bible study or Bible course and internship at this church I was at. And without even saying anything, no, no kind of worrying responses, something came to her mind as I said this, because it was quite a out of the blue moment. And a little bit of background, my mom, uh, her, her, her mother had just passed away in, in the hospital about three years prior to that. And, and I didn't know this, but she never shared it. But when she was going up to the hospital, um, to say bye because there was an emergency phone call and she was trying to park and she was trying to get to the hospital and, and she couldn't get a park and so she just wanted to say goodbye to her her mom on this earth a generation was passing that was her her, her father had already passed and she went up to the hospital and my mom actually had uh, been a sister on, on the wards um in a lot of the in the, the royal and a few other hospitals so a few a few of the nurses knew you and knew she was a believer and and so her mom had passed, and she was just distraught. She was just really sad and, and discouraged, really, honestly. And she shared this with me, and, and she said, but Phil, there was actually a woman on the ward that day who was a believer, and, and she actually came up to my mom randomly and said, Edith, I don't know if you know this, but but uh, I feel like God's given me a word, and I don't know if you believe in the word of knowledge or anything like that, or but oh, I'd love to share something with you. And she said at that moment, this w- w- woman said to her, it's like, listen, I know your mom's passed away and it's sad but I really feel like God's told me that somebody or some people in your family are going to do something great for God and out of the blue my mom decided to tell me this as I had made this big decision in my life it was completely out of the blue why am I telling you this? I'm trying to tell you that God is about generations and as one generation had passed and come to an end God was preparing the next generation not to do less but to do more God was completely in the situation. God all of a sudden gave someone a word of knowledge by the voice of truth, with, which connected to me somehow three years later. <clears throat> and my mom had been holding it close to her chest for three years, not understanding who it was or what it was. I don't think it was just me, but I think it was a message generally that God's about to do something great. And I promise you, I broke down. And you know, my overwhelming sensation and feeling was, God, you're so big. God, you're so great. How could you have navigated this situation, navigated these voices, these conversations to this very moment when I took the biggest step of faith that felt so right, and you confirmed it with something that happened years back? Generations. God is about Generations. God is about doing greater things are yet to come. God wants to do greater things in your family, through you, nobody else, through you. If you can just open up your heart, open up your mind, open up your soul, surrender to him, I'm telling you, there's great days ahead. You might be the first generation to bring it back on course. You might be a... a Joshua generation, you might be a Joseph generation, you might be a Jesus generation in your family, in a situation, in a generational unhealthy pattern or curse, as some people would call it, you might be the person to say, no, not, not today. Things are, sh- things are shifting from now. I'm, making, I'm getting my bones to that promise, and I'm aligning them with God's ways. And I've skipped out on some stuff, but a few few questions I want you to ask yourself. What will people say at your funeral? Will they say, use a word, if it was just a word, healing, generous, mercy, evangelism, family, love, grace, pain, selfish, materialism, pride, addiction, inward fear, corruption. Would any of those words describe you? What do you think? If you were to see the end of your life, because as you see the end of your life, it brings wisdom to you. It helps you to see the now with purpose. It helps you to see the now, am I actually making a difference? Am I actually doing something of worth? Have I truly surrendered my life to Jesus? I'm gonna flip right forward to the last point. It says, number five, invest. Invest your dream in family. Watch this, what happens at the very end of Joseph's life. He asked his family to carry his bones to the promised land. Why? Because his family were near. That could be a spiritual family, that could be a blood family, but but God's all about the family. There's maybe some people in your family that have thrown you in a pit, but God's still all about family. The Bible says, honor your father and mother. Some of you in here have had maybe a father and a mother that didn't do a great job. And you don't want that to continue on. Absolutely, I agree. But it still says, honor your father and your mother because how you, how you stop the unhealthy pattern is through honor. How, how we can stop the unhealthy pattern within any, whether even in the church world, what do we do? We honor. We don't slate. We don't tear down. We honor. We thank you for what you have done. And we're gonna shift some things that maybe we feel like you you could have done better. Some of us in here tonight, we need to do that in our personal lives. We need to honor some people. They're not perfect, absolutely. They made mistakes, they've hurt you, but but listen, God's about family. He goes deeper than just the surface feelings and senses. He's deeper than that. He died, he shed his blood, he, he went through a situation that he wanted to pass. And you will too. But God's about family. I'm telling you, if you're, if you're about family the way God's about family, you will see promises fulfilled. You'll see generations changed just through you. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd like you to do. Subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can go onto our website at ariatchurch.org and give now. And we will see you next time on the Aureate Church Podcast.